It's January 29th, 2016, and I have my pass for battle. I'm Colin Detmar. And I'm Emily Dalton, and this is Bottle Crow, a Dota 2 podcast. So, while we've been away, the, uh, the compendium solution for the Shanghai Major has come out, and it is the Winter 2016 Battle Pass. And it... At least from what I can tell so far, it is infinitely preferable to the previous solution. Is that enough? I mean, you hated that Frankfurt Compendium. I you didn't touch hated it. I hated it. I was so pissed. Well, I was so pissed about the Frankfurt Compendium, I already have the Battle Pass. So, that was part of your answer. I mean, I guess we'll see how it plays out, but certainly, like, skeptically reading through it and going, yeah, okay, this sounds interesting and fun, as opposed to just the most empty attempt to turn us upside down and shake out our pockets. So... Yeah. They, like, they... You don't buy compendium points. Yeah. You just buy the thing, and you're done. I don't even... I didn't... I mean, at least with the the one for the International, I didn't even object to the buying the points, although this is... I like what they're doing this time. But really, it was just... Uh, so ham-fisted the last time. I mean, I feel like if you're buying points, they're going to need to contribute to the prize pool. Yeah, no, that's and, fair. And they've said they're not going to do that for these for these majors. Um, so I'm glad they didn't try with this one. Um, yeah, they um, they don't have that stupid like the tiered coin treasures bullshit that they yeah. had last time. That was really maddening. And when you get terrible um, treasures, you can upgrade them with other treasures and by buying items and buying more items. It's just like, ugh, get out of my life. And also that was them experimenting with like, well, you know how we have this system where if you get something from a chest, you're not going to get the same thing again? Mm-hmm. How about we just throw that out the window? Ugh, that was so terrible. I never got, like, I never got the gyrocopter set from that compendium hmm. because I got the sniper set like seven times. Oh my god. And it's like, okay, you guys can fuck yourselves. No, but you can recycle them for more you. sniper sets. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was some real, some real bullshit. And I like, I hope they make enough off of this one for it to be worth it. Because, like, I mean, I guess that's the fear, right? Is it's like, I think mm-hmm. more people are going to get this. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be enough more that it will financially work out for them, or are they going to be like, well, that's how to make the the community happy? But to get all the money, we have to do the other thing. I don't know. I mean, I think there's got to be a mix. I mean, there must have been enough of a fall off for the Frankfurt one that obviously they did something really different. Um, Mm. But also, I mean, it's not like there are two points on that line and that would be the end of it. Like there's a curve there that would not, I think, have gone in a good direction for them. So sure, sure. And also this like the way they set up this like battle pass system with the compendium attached, Mm -hmm. I feel like does a couple of things, right? Like, one, it allows them to incorporate possibly other compendiums into this, you know? Mm, Yeah. They could do, like, oh, there's a Star Ladder tournament going up, and it'll be part of the Winter Battle Pass, and they get their own treasure chest, and you can do your own stuff with this while you already have the Battle Pass. Upgrade your Battle Pass to include Star Ladder. Or something like that, you know? Yeah, you Um, you said that, and I thought, ooh. (laughs) Yeah, I think think there's a way that they they can make this pay dividends and just be a more sensible system um when i i love the quest path thing that they're doing like even if it weren't for the the reward part honestly i think it's a neat idea to have everybody sort of building and working toward it and all community goals working together i think that's cool and the three different paths i like that a lot 
It's neat and different. I have the problem with it that I always have with it. This is the coolest form of that thing, and I basically like the thing. But I played a game that we managed to win. It was hard to win because of Axe on our team. Axe on our team was terrible and a feeder, right? Mm-hmm. And some of his behavior was explained when he was like, guys, we need more people bottom. We have to push bottom. I need to take a tower before 13 minutes. Well, and there are always going to be those people, right? Like, I, sure. I've only played one game since uh, getting the Battle Pass yesterday. But it's like, okay, I need to get Arcane Boots before 10 minutes. I played this game with you, and you didn't hear me talk about it. And I did. I delayed buying additional wards until 10 minutes passed. And I was like, not going to happen. Okay, damn. And then just moved on with my life, uh, which I think sure. is what healthy players will be able to do. You do need to work on your farming as a support, though. I was but... dazzle. Sister, I was Venge. First time. Oh, okay. Got it. I was like, no, you weren't. Okay. No, the first time. I, when I did that quest, my first try, I was playing as Venge. And I was the only support on the team. And I got my arcades. Well, at least at that point, I was supporting Weaver in, like, brutally harassing an Ogre Magi. And then I came mid to help the mid, who was having a lot of trouble. So Hey, listen. <laughs> I didn't feel like there was a lot of time for me to be like, I'm a jungle, y'all. That's fair. Like, That's fair. you're not that wrong. Had... My farming is not good, but that is not the game, probably, to take me to task for the first ten minutes. Okay, you've made your point. That TA was good, alright? I, I named no names. <laughs> Friend. Uh, alright. Um, the other things in the system, like, okay, so there's the Rylai's Roulette, I right? I don't understand what that is. Uh, every couple of levels, you'll get a chance to spin the wheel and make a deal. Okay, I'm level one, so that would explain why I don't know what that... Like, I saw a picture of her sitting yeah. on a roulette wheel and went, that's weird. Yeah. It's just like, it's just a randomized reward, right? Love it. And you can't pay to get extra spins, so I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, but the thing I really like is tipping. Tipping is really cool. So, okay, let me explain their... their coin system this time around. That would be their great. Co- their coin system this time around is tokens. And you have like a weekly budget of tokens that you just get. That's... And after that week they're gone. And they actually look like poker chips. Yeah. Yeah, they actually like poker chips. And what you do with them is you either wager on a match that you're going to win, and if you're right, they get turned into experience for your battle pass. Or you can spend a little bit of them to tip another player to be like, hey, good work, thanks, job well done, at the end of the match. You can only tip one other person, which I think is probably a good thing, so that you don't feel like there's like there's no like tipping debt, you know? Mm-hmm. Like someone's like, you played well, and you feel socially obligated to tip them back. Um, but it is also kind of a bummer, because like the game we played, um, I kind of wanted to tip the other team's clockwork, just because he seemed like a dude, good dude stuck in a house with an asshole. Um, but I, I ended up tipping tipping one of our other players because he was he was a champ um yeah i just i think they were doing a lot of things to try and work on encouraging dota players to be nice to each other oh man that's a pretty good uh, segue friend into just the most interesting thing i have ever seen happen in dota what's that emily they start giving us report cards mm-hmm. and reading the, the faq for that was I think I told you at the time. I'm reading this and thinking, they really it's like they really know Dota players. 
So now we all get report cards letting us know in the last 25 games how many we've abandoned, how many times we've been reported, and how many times we've been commended. Except. Except. Exactly. No, you do this one. Okay. We're both so Um, excited about this part. We have to share it. You don't, like, if you have, it'll tell you your number of reports unless your number of reports is less than three. And then it will just say less than three. It could be two. It could be one. It could be zero. They won't tell you. Because they know that lots of people, lots of dickheads will follow, fo- will file false reports just because they're assholes or because they're like mid or feed. And then you say, no, you're fucking playing techies. You don't get mid. <laughs> and then they report you for that. They know there are enough bad reports in the system that they don't want them to sh- they don't want to show them to you because they don't want you to worry about them and they know there are enough players who are neurotic like me who would obsess about it like two reports who was it my last 25 games two reports who would have done that so yeah no it's i mean that i think is genius and also they mentioned like one of the big reasons for doing this is that the players who keep going into low priority vastly underestimate the number of times they get reported and vastly underestimate the number of reports it takes to get into low priority Mm-hmm. So this is going to be under the number of reports. It also says, like, you get more reports than ninety four percent of players. Like, heads up, bro, you're actually getting reported more than everybody. Maybe, yeah, maybe and, slow. Your and role. also, like, even if you're not getting into low priority, they're like, there are some people who aren't like low priority material, generally speaking, and they don't realize they're assholes. Mm-hmm. And they just like, it's like, hey, heads up, people report you a lot. You don't get into low priority because it's not quite that bad, but your teammates think you're a real dickhead. <laughs> and if if your numbers are all green, then it just says something like, thank you for being a good citizen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, that was nice. Yeah. That's the only report card I've gotten. And it was like, okay, you've got zero abandons, less than three reports, and you got four commends. Hey, you're a cool guy. Keep it up. Concur. I was at least one of those commends. Thank you. That's nice of you. And, like, I think we'll start seeing more commends now because people can see the impact it has, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I actually, like, this is so selfish, right? But I saw it and I was like, only four commends? <laughs> it's like In 25 games, the... though, overall, that's actually pretty right? good. Right? That's not a lot. People don't use that button much. Yeah. I don't use that button as much as I will now. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's, I am, it's really nice to see Valve... Like, the moments where you see that Valve really is paying attention and not just like, no, we've heard you, Queen of Pain's overpowered and we're going to nerf her. Not like that. No, this is more like, oh, you have a camera in our bathroom. Like, this feels like (laughs) intimate knowledge. I don't know. It feels like they read a lot of Reddit to me. Um, Uh, Well, they definitely do that. They do. They do. They read so much Reddit. It's amazing. Not the word I was going to use. Like, one of the things they've done now is you can't um you can't decline a match easily like it, it it's a little more work to decline a match because people were doing that by accident and being like damn it you know mm-hmm. posting topics on reddit being like fuck i accidentally declined a match i fuck this is no one's fault but our and also once you accept you can minimize that little window and mess with anything else in the client because that was also a common like why can't i do this why do i just have to sit here staring at 9 out of 10 um. Yeah, there. This was a really 
like I don't want to say quality of life because that's that's not wrong, but that implies it's like oh here are all these little things that were nagging at us, little things that we didn't know were a problem were fixed like yeah. this like this report card thing. I'm so in love with the report card thing. This was a surprisingly great patch for making basically no gameplay changes. Like there were some performance upgrades, which is also nice, mm-hmm. and some minor bug fixes and stuff. But like this patch didn't really change much. Uh, the only real like nerfs that have happened since we last talked was that Chen got a fucking kick in the nuts. Wow, um, well deserved. Fuck that guy. Um, Hurtful. He Not is too accurate. good. Yeah, he is too good. Um, yeah. So the other thing that I we meant to mention last time, and I think we forgot, is that they announced the uh, the third major, and right. it's going to be. It's going to be in Manila, Philippines. Good call. Really excellent yeah. choice. It's. I am really, really pleased that they are that they're giving the Philippines some love because, like you know, we've got one major Filipino team, Mineski, and I would love to see more. Yeah. They Mineski is still. They're still having rough times. They're still figuring things out, and part of that's because they don't have any competition in the Philippines. You know. No, it's great to see them nurturing burgeoning scenes as opposed to just rewarding scenes that are already incredibly robust. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm i really looking forward to that tournament and also to the one that's happening in March. Um, which brings me to a point of the dates on these tournaments are spaced out in a way that makes no sense. Or maybe it makes a sense that I'm not privy to, but like... <laughs> They decided it by rolling their desks around at Valve. So the Frankfurt Major was in November, right? Right. And I'm talking about main stage. I'm not talking about qualifiers and stuff, because then that gets confusing. Uh, The Shanghai Major is going to be in March. That's four months out from Frankfurt. Okay. A four-month gap there, when you're supposed to be doing four of these a year, if you multiply four by four, you get 16. There are not 16 months in the year. Oh, Colin, are you still using the old calendar? Now, the next tournament, apparently, and we don't have really details, but the Manila Major is supposed to be in May. That's two months after the March tournament. And then another two months to the International in August. Oh, sorry, three months. Three months. It's like, what are they... What are they doing? Why isn't it just every three months kind of like clockwork? Maybe they don't I want don't him understand. to have any competitive advantage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I just I don't I, I don't understand their logic is I mean, I guess maybe part of it is just like the logistics of like for lack of a better word, capitalism, right? It's like, oh no, don't hold a tournament in the middle of, in winter because like either you're holding it at Christmas or some other time when students are not around and that's not good for us. I don't know. Yeah. Like, or maybe it's not that maybe they're trying to keep them on breaks, you know, like, mm. okay, let's hit some spring breaks in March and then may some people will be out of school. Like let's, and then like Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then, Hmm. I, okay. I have no idea, but that's, <laughs> that makes a kind of sense. Sure. I don't know. I, uh, I'm really excited for the Shanghai Major. I want to see, like... It's really crazy to see the level of competition 
that we've had in Dota 2. Um, because, like, like yesterday, Host Emeritus Johnny and I watched an old match. We watched a match from the 2014 International, the International 4, mm. of Cloud9 versus Vici Gaming. And it's interesting, like, there are a lot of things were interesting, right? Like, going back to the old map, when everything was weird, and the Roche Pit was bizarre, and the Dire Ancients were fucked. Um, like, the map before the last map. Um, but also stuff like um, Sing Sing was on Cloud9 at the time. Mm. And he picked Meepo mid. And we were talking about it, and I was like, and remember, this is back when Meepo still had respawn timer reduction on his ultimate. Ah. And it's like, they got rid of that, like, because everyone got better at Dota. Hmm. Meepo doesn't need that anymore. Meepo had that because Meepo was hard to play, and people needed extra bonuses for playing Meepo because he's hard. But he's inherently a really rewarding hero if you know what you're doing. And he just doesn't need that anymore because people are getting better. So do you think that that is just going to make the trench rougher and rougher? Yeah. Yeah, I actually do. Well. Uh, But also kind of not. I think it's going to make the trench bigger. But there are also going to be heroes that like, I mean, if you see a Meepo in one of your trench games, (laughs) just, just drop out. Just go. Just run. Either it is a smurf. Or it is someone who has no fucking idea what they're doing, right? Right. But, like, I mean, they're not really raising the skill ceiling on Sniper. Sniper is Sniper, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I think it's really interesting, and I feel like we have... We have the same basic MMR system, and, like, people are getting higher MMRs than ever, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think people are getting above 8k MMR now. That didn't used to be a thing. Yeah. But also, we're just getting so many more players crammed into this system. Hmm. Like, there are more players who've been playing for a while who are finally getting into ranked matchmaking. There are new players starting. And, like, I am I am a 2.4k player right now, right? I calibrated at, I think, 1.6, and I've been moving upwards. And you hear all this shit talked about, oh, fucking idiot 2k players. A lot of the time, I'm playing with really smart people. And I just, like, everyone likes to talk about how, like, oh, we're all so bad at Dota. Everyone's so bad at Dota. You suck. Everyone's terrible. Mm -hmm. I think we're all so good at Dota now. We're all so good at Dota. And Dota's a hard game, so being good isn't enough. But we're all really good at Dota. I love... I love this positive story you're telling. So my, my MMR is way, way lower than yours. Like, I, I am I am in the actual literal trench, like a physical trench. I have to sit in one to play. Um, and yet, I mean, of course, like, we all make dumb mistakes. But overall, it seems like mostly decent people who are, you know, like, know how to play the game and are doing it. There's stuff like, you know, I'm usually the only person doing anything with warding out of the ten of us. But, you know, mm-hmm. like, I'm not better than where I'm at. And uh, I'm super bad, but I let, I'm so much less bad than I used to be that it can be kind of weird to be right at the bottom. I don't know. And and think of like think of the trench you're in. Think of your 600 MMR trench and compare that to Dota One. Hey now, when Dota One was the thing, I'm up to like, like 750. Sorry, <laughs> my bad, my bad. No, it's uh, um, I was never gonna say the number on the podcast, but now here it is. Yes, my was, MMR is I, like 751. I actually didn't yes. remember it was just using a number. Um, 751. 
Um, but like people in Dota one, like talk to Johnny sometime about what it was like to play Dota one, because people literally didn't know the rules of the game. Like you would, you would be playing at like the equivalent of our, like our three K, right? Like people who were pretty solid at the game and definitely above average. And they wouldn't know like, like, Oh wait, we've got too many carries on this team. That just wouldn't be a concept. (laughs) Because people hadn't figured out how the game works. I mean, like, you know, it's not like, I mean, it was developed as a mod. There wasn't, like, a develop, there wasn't a team constantly testing and working out and explaining through tutorials how the game was supposed to work. Mm-hmm. I suspect they also didn't know how the game was going to work. They were building something and it got away from them, but didn't yeah. totally get away from them either. <laughs> they, always had a, they always had a light grasp and were barely keeping up is, I guess, how I've always thought of Icefrog. And now he's a little more firmly in control. Um, but it's just crazy how far we've come as a game and as a community since then. Yeah, for sure. Many more cheers, I guess, is, <laughs> is sort of what I'm saying now. But <laughs> Many um, happy returns, Dota. One last note on the Winter Battle Pass. That Rubik <laughs> set is a disaster. It is the hottest mess. I don't know. Like, I, I saw that, that Rubik set in the workshop, and I was like, that's a really, like, understated, creepy set. It's, like, the green with the little hat, and then, like, the... like the. What is the word I want for that type of puppet? Marionette. Yeah, and the little marionette in his hand with the glowing eyes. And yeah, you're like, creepy. Fuck, that's creepy. And then it's like, oh, we added it to the game, and now his he's got, like, cords glowing out of his back, and he's got a pink glowing rim of his cap, and his staff is a pillar of fire into the sky. And it's like, what are you doing? It looks peculiar. It's too much. I want it pretty bad. I want it because I want the marionette. That's the only part of it I really want. And I would want the rest if it had been done more tastefully. But it's the marionette it's, is the only part I like straight up. But I kind of love just the neon, goofy ridiculousness of it. <laughs> it does like it does look like he ate like a Las Vegas sign. It's kind of incredible. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like it's something we talked about back when we did our hat cast, and maybe we're gonna have to do another one of those soon. Oh man! But like sometimes understated is good. Sometimes you don't need to drown them in particle effects, guys. Yeah, I mean, really, thinking about my very favorite sets in the game, I don't know if there are any particle effect. Mm. So, yeah, no, sometimes it's cool design and then not cramming a bunch of light or smoke in. Yeah. Hot tip. Yeah. I mean, all my favorite sets are Arcana because I roll deep, but, you know. Yeah, you are deep in. This is accurate. <laughs> I There is still just that one Arcana that I don't own. Well, but, you know. yeah. It's also not... I, I'm Hatcast not 2. It, really. Hatcast 2. Um, so, we watched a game, a professional game of League of Legends over <laughs> the last couple of weeks. I think because I told you, I tried to watch League and I just kept yelling at it and turned it off. I, that's basically why, yeah. Yeah. Um, listeners may may recall or not, because, you know, you're not... Whatever. But I am a former league player. That is how I got into MOBAs. I was a very casual league player, and I don't remember how I was convinced to give Dota a real shot. I remember, because I did it. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. I asked you a series of searching questions. I was playing none of these games at the time. Like, Dota seems better. And you were like, no, no, League is better. Like, why? And then after all those conversations, we both ended up playing Dota. You first. I think specifically, specifically what happened was, I was like, I, I'm answering your questions as best I can, but maybe it's easier if I just show you. I'll stream some Dota with my friends. Yeah. And that was, and they had a terrible time. I'm real sorry, friends. That was a train wreck. But it got me into Dota, and some of you eventually forgave me. <laughs> um, but recently it feels like you've been having a bit of a, like, well, okay. How was that experience of watching that league match? I believe the match was um, TSM, Team Solo Mid, versus CLG, and I don't remember what that stands for. Counter Logic Gaming? Yes, that's the one. You're asking me how was that experience? Yeah. How was that experience? It was... I was definitely interested to see how League Play works. Um, and some of... I mean, like, I'll admit that part of my problem with League is is just my perspective, like, coming at it completely backwards and going, I know that they're the ones who came up with it, but this all looks really gross free-to-play, right? Just, like, mm-hmm. I do not like the aesthetic of League. At least in play. Like, some of the splash art is pretty. Um, I don't know. It seems like mostly they do a lot of things that I hate. Uh, but it was, I mean, it's, it was interesting. It was interesting to see how the other half lives. But it did not in any way tempt me to play League of Legends. It was like, yep, not this one. I would rather play Smite. This is not good. I am of the opinion that League is the best of the rest, as it were. Um, I guess, like, okay, my argument for League as a thing that exists is that there are things about League that I, like, I have friends who are, like, League fans first and foremost, and I absolutely respect that, and I don't want any of my comments hereafter in this little segment to be taken as me saying League is bad or League shouldn't exist. I absolutely don't think that. It should totally exist. I have problems with some things, and these are, you know, subjective problems, but, like, I think the pacing of League is really bad. I think it's sluggish, and I think it's immobile. I think you can, like, especially compared to Dota, where mobility is so high and stuff can happen so fast and it gets fast and frantic and intense. League can get intense and can get fast, but for only little windows, because and only when there are a lot of people doing stuff at once, because individually everyone has so much health, has so little mobility, so very little way to cut someone off or stop someone who wants to leave, right? Right. And I just feel like it's... It's like comparing it. It's kind of like like a World War Two dogfight is Dota, and League is like a World War Two battleship fight, hmm. where there are these big slow things lumbering around, and occasionally like they decide to really go at it, and one of them's gonna fucking sink. But if they don't want to, it's not gonna happen. I mean, when I when I tried to watch that first League game by myself, I kept saying to my partner, I think up to almost twenty minutes in, no one's died yet, no one's died yet, like. Not that there have to be a lot of kills, but it really does, yeah, it's it's juggernauts just sort of trotting near one another. It just, it was making me a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I don't actually, it's one of the things I like about the more recent metas in Dota. Like, I don't actually just want to watch people trot around and farm on and on and on and on and on. That is not the most exciting part to me personally. Sure. Or anybody else watching the game. Sorry. I'm trying, I'm trying to pretend to be fair and balanced. And in fact, I just, I do not enjoy watching League of Legends. I have never tried to play it. And it feels like they tried to capture a kind of a pacing thing. Where, like, there are, like... I mean, in Dota, of course, there's a concept of the early, mid, and late game, Mm -hmm. right? But sometimes it can be hard to tell where they end and begin and so on. Yeah. And that's... I feel like that's literally never the case in League. You always know what phase of the game it is. Like, people won't leave their lanes for anything, literally anything. That's the early game. People are roaming a bit, but, you know, mostly just to get some ganks here and there. That's the mid-game. People are roaming as a team basically all the time. That's the late game, right? And, too, you mentioned while we were watching it that the pacing is so slow that they can do more replays, which mm-hmm. was interesting, but not really necessary. They're all I mean, I don't know that for a fact. That was just a theory. No, of no, that. you just said they're they're slow and they can do replays. That's all I meant. Like, no, the pacing mm, is yes. more slow, so they can just do replays. There's no risk of missing something. God knows. And also, there's more time for the like the commentators to, like, they don't have the hockey problem, right? Like, they can talk about like stats. They can talk about what you know how the rivalry has been. Totally, Mm -hmm. they can do baseball commentary. They don't have to do Dota style hockey commentary where it's like, how does this character work? Oh my god, there's no time. He just blinked in and he cast the spell. And oh no, they've got detection. No one has a TP. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, and it's great if you're into it. I can understand that maybe Dota, as, like, if you're a person who doesn't play the game, if you watch it, Dota gets really hard to get into. But this gets into one of League's biggest failures, to my mind. Which is that, we say that, that League is easier to get into. We spent half that game trying to figure out who the shark was. Yeah, I I mean, and some of this is, like, a personal problem I have that I think you mostly share with me. But I don't know how widespread it is, but I hate skins or hats that make it hard to tell who it is i think you should be able to look and know who it is even if they're wearing a fancy goofy pimp rubik hat it should look like rubik i absolutely agree and like there are times when i'm willing to to push it a little bit but like yeah like the the shark in question is a creature by the name of rexai who's like like an arachnid like and in this it looked like a shark wearing a yellow like a yellow life preserver it was like eventually i just figured it out from the abilities they were using that it's like okay it seems like these like like inner tubes with water could maybe actually be the tunnels that rexai uses i guess it made no sense and it was visually extremely confusing and also i mean this is even dorkier, but, like, my understanding is that Lol does a good job on lore, and to blow off the lore in order to be like, fuck it, she's a shark! Like, I find that annoying for any game that I'd care about. Mm-hmm. That actually comes up with a comparison that I thought of that is, is kind of weird and a little hard to make, right? But to me, League of Legends and Dota are kind of like fighting games that I like, Blaze Blue and Guilty Gear, Right? Guilty Gear is the original. It's the, both of these games are made by a developer named Arxis. Arc Systems Works. Gu- Guilty Gear is the original. It's fast-paced. They don't really care about story. The characters are kind of all stereotypes. 
but the gameplay is really mechanically smart and intense and just like it just fucking goes right guilty gear is the one i have enjoyed so i was interested to see how this comparison would go (laughs) i like blaze blue better which is where this gets weird but we'll get to that um blaze blue has a stronger focus on characters that have relationships that make sense that have a good story told the the pacing of the matches is a little more tightly controlled and ultimately I like Blaze Blue better for a lot of, of reasons um, but I feel like the comparison actually makes a lot of sense Dota is more like Guilty Gear Dota they don't care as much about creating a cohesive world or about making it like really carefully like understandably paced and also here's another interesting comparison in Blaze Blue, almost every character has unique like systems and HUD elements associated with them. Hmm. That's a big thing in League of Legends. Hmm. A lot of those heroes, they just released a new hero named, uh, I'm going to say Jin, J-H-I-N. Hmm. And he is a sniper who uses a revolver, and every four shots he has to reload. Oh my god. And so you actually don't want to right-click with him very much. You want to use his, some, one of his really low mana spells to last hit. And he also has, like, a snipe ability where he literally has to aim, and he's shooting into Fog of War. And he seems really cool. Yeah, no, League has some really interesting ideas. It always bums me out that they're there. (laughs) And I guess, like, one of the questions I would ask is, is League's, like, pacing and lack of, relative lack of chaos compared to Dota, a necessary thing for how intricate hero abilities can be? Because, like, we think of Dota abilities as being complex, but frankly, we don't, like, I think they're complex as far as, like, executing on them, Mm -hmm. but as far as, like, keeping in your head all the things they can do, they actually don't really keep up with League. It would be interesting, I mean, like, bringing up again, you're saying that everybody's getting better at Dota, like, it'd be interesting to mix in a couple more complex heroes and see Mm -hmm. that we could just be superior in every way. I mean, Arc Warden is very complex. Yeah. Arc Warden is... Oracle's fairly complex. Oracle's fairly complex. Uh, Winter Wyvern is getting more complex the more they screw her over. Um, Poor lady. Hmm. And Pit Lord seems fairly complex from the stuff I've seen. Um, yeah, I... Uh, I don't know. I think I think the two could work together. Like, if... If somehow there was ever a crossover event, I can think of some League heroes that I would really love to see in Dota. Um, I'm looking at you, Lux, my favorite. Um, but it's really... I feel like in every aspect of them except competitive play, they completely justify their own existences. And then there's the part where competitive play just needs to fucking go faster. Yeah, I, yeah. And that's a thing you could fix with the meta, right? You could tune things in League to make it more action-packed, more according to our tastes. And I guess, like, do people who watch League, do they watch Dota and say this is just sound and fury? Do they Hmm. say this is just noise? I don't know. Well, okay, so we both listen to the other esports podcast. We both listen to esports today. Um, Mm -hmm. And they certainly seem to follow LOL and have a hard time following Dota and have talked about having a hard time following Dota. Sure. So, yes. 
I mean, like, I guess another part of it is, like, I mean, as we were saying, like, other than the skins problem, you can enjoy League without knowing, like, without having to know crazy much about the game, right? Mm -hmm. Like, but the other side of it, I guess, is, is, is I feel like the story of Dota, which is when you get in far enough, it's so unbelievably rewarding. You can literally give me just the audio of a team fight, and I can tell you what happens. And that's amazing. <sighs> I want to watch more Dota now. <laughs> like, yeah, it's so great. Let's watch that Echo Slam again. Oh, this is really good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I um, I think this is a topic we'll look into more in the future. Maybe we'll get Emily to play a game of League and report back. I, I don't know. <laughs> would be willing to do that but man i guess we do have that explicit tag yeah <laughs> yeah we do um but yeah maybe another hat cast in the future maybe some more league talk well okay definitely some league talk in the future i care enough about league to talk more about it but maybe more in depth well and it's almost inescapable if you want to talk about dota and compare it to anything realistically yeah because <laughs> here's the storm is not it's doing something different it is. I wish it was doing it better. Me too. No, that's every so often when I threaten to leave Dota, I usually bring up Pairs of the Storm now. And then you remind me that I would have to, like, force feed money to a pirate. And I, yeah, right. Okay. Dota 1. I'm going back to Dota 1. No. Yeah. Right. So I think this is going to be, like, we're not really going to have any of our recurring segments this week. Um,. Because I don't think we need them. Um, but we did have some work done on brainstorming new characters. Because we're getting close to the point where we're caught up on all the characters from Dota All-Stars. A.K.A. Dota 1. Like, there there have been multiple Dota 1s, actually. But Dota All-Stars is kind of the canon Dota 1. The last hero left in Dota 1 is Pitlord. Presumably he'll get brought at some point. We don't know, but it'll happen. And then what? Monkey right? King. I just, I don't know why people say Monkey King. Where does that come from? I don't know, man, but it's it's in the water now. If Reddit says it, probably it'll happen, right? Reddit doesn't say it. It's Damn. your, like, it's your something awful lunatic. Uh, younger Titan? obsessed with it. But, like, yeah, no, I... why, why would you use, like, the ER? I mean, you could do Young Titan, but, like, Younger, like, implies that there's another Titan in the game, and that doesn't make any sense. Um, Redditors, man. <laughs> so, I, um, we both sort of challenged each other to come up with, with concepts, um, and originally the, I think Emily just meant it to be, like, come up with the concept and maybe not every single ability, um, and I kind of went overboard, and then I guess I inspired her to go overboard, um. But this week, we're going to do my idea. My idea is Phantom Thief, whose name is Hightower, basically. Um, and I'm not reading your note here. <laughs> A.K.A. Ryan Ghostlink? Come on! It's, it's Sniper's name is like Eagle Eye Sharpie Pants. He could have both. It's... it's His name is real bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, I... Um, I don't know, when I was thinking of Phantom Thief, right, um, originally my, my thinking was, like, what if we had, like, we've got Slark, right? He's a thief. 
but he's kind of like the like the knife and muscle like thug kind of thief. What if we had like like a classy like uptown burglar kind of thief, hmm. right? Yeah. Um and then I was working on it and I I was like Phantom Thief. There we go. That's a working title. And then I was like Phantom, huh? What if the thief was also a ghost? Um, At which point we left the Cary Grant movie script. <laughs> um, so basically, my my vision for for Phantom Thief, I sort of built Phantom Thief thinking of a a aggressive mid laner. Um, but of course, this is Dota, not League, and we don't enforce positions. So, however, it would shake out is fine. Um, and basically. The idea was that you have two active abilities and a passive, and then you have an ultimate that switches those to different forms, right? Mm-hmm. So you start out the game as thief, um, and your your Q is sort of a like a projectile, which I call calling card that you just throw and marks the enemy with a debuff. I think probably it does magic damage, and I hadn't figured out some kind of debuff. I don't want to slow. That seems too good given his other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. Maybe re- not reduced armor given another thing. Hmm, I don't know. I haven't figured out it exactly. Could be like attack speed, could be attack damage, could be increased damage of some sort. Turning um, rate. Something, something. I guess, actually, I guess what it would be is that you'd have vision on them. Hmm. Like, like amplify damage because of the way one of the other abilities works, right? Okay. Um... And then W as the thief is just called blade work, and you just sort of you dash forward, and anyone you dash through gets hit with. I right now I was thinking two auto attacks, but we could also just make it one auto attack. That's probably fair. Um, and then the last one is a passive called inside job, which does two things. One, you get gold on denies. When you deny a creep, you get the money. And maybe you'd have to scale it so that it was like half money or something, so that he didn't he wasn't just like alchemist levels of insane farming. Um and then also if you get within a really close radius to an enemy hero, you go into stealth. <laughs> so like if you hug them you turn invisible. Well that's cool. And thiefy. Yeah, that was sort of that was sort of my thinking is I wanted some some weird stuff and I also wanted to give I wanted to give them some form of stealth that hadn't been explored and wasn't too powerful, right? I don't want Phantom Thief to just pounce on you out of nowhere and destroy you, but I do want Phantom Thief to be able to make things really confusing if, like, a gank go if they try to gank you and it goes wrong, or if you catch them in the middle, I want them to be able to make it hard for you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, you know, they get close to you in their stealth, but then it's like, well, what now? I have to kind of hang out here. Or look for an opportunity to bolt, because as soon as I leave, I'm going to turn visible again. Yeah. No, I like it. Um, and then the ultimate is what changes based on, well, all of these change based on what form you're in. But as a thief, your ultimate is called phantom. And as a phantom, your ultimate is called thief, right? Mm-hmm. So you hit this button and you turn into a ghost. <laughs> you're going to have all the same stats. Same stats. You're gonna, both of these are going to be arranged attacks. Um, as thief, I assume you're throwing daggers, and as a ghost, you're throwing ghosts or whatever. I don't know. Um, throwing ghosts. Tiny burning phantom skulls, whatever. Sure, but the main thing is that your three previous abilities change. Your Q is now a timely arrival, which allows you to either sort of like 
do basically a phase shift in place. Or if you target someone who's been hit by one of your calling cards recently, you just teleport to them. Hmm. Um, your W is now... I didn't come up with a... I should have worked on the title. Right now, I've, I've just named it Crows, Crows, Crows as a, uh, a shout-out to uh, Jack DeKeet's uh, video game studio. Um, basically, you turn into a cloud of crows, and you have hasted status, so you can't be slowed, and also anyone you pass through loses armor. Hmm. And then your new passive, um, again, working title, spooky scary. I don't know. And it's real messed up, which is basically just that towers don't attack you anymore. Wow. Um, if you are in thief form and you switch to phantom, but with a shot in midair, the shot's still going to hit you. It doesn't disjoint, but you just don't have t- tower aggro anymore when you're in phantom form. And I could see that being something I need to tweak the numbers on. But Can you draw aggro if you go after the towers? If you hit them? Yeah. Sure, that makes sense. Okay. That seems important. <laughs> yeah, it's that would like I don't want it to be like a split pushing nightmare, right? We have a couple um, of those already. And it still can be a split pushing nightmare, right? Sure. You, you kill the creeps and not the tower and the tower will ignore you. Yeah. That's that's really good. Um or at level 6 you can suddenly start diving towers only you're not even really diving because there's no water <laughs> because there's no danger. Ah, uh. oh, so good. Um yeah, and so basically, like, my concept there was, like, this, like, high-class thief who had been sort of, like, robbing, I don't know, robbing a lot of, like, rich people and was sort of on a crime spree. People were like, oh, one time he almost got caught, but he, he got away in a situation that, like, any any normal man would have been killed. It's like, oh, no, he he totally died. He just, he's a ghost now, and he keeps doing it. As somebody devoted to his craft, I salute That's you, Hightower. Ryan Ghostling. Yeah. You well, knew it was coming. Hightower is also a, a, a shout out to, to Gunpoint because I have no no creative bones in my body. But you know. Huh. That sounds like a scary and interesting person to play, and I'm not just saying scary, because he's a ghost. Well, how about you give us a teaser as to what we can look forward to <laughs> next week, Emily? You're saying this because you want me to say the name Bounty Gatherer. I do, I do. <laughs> Bounty Hunter and Bounty Gatherer will be quite the pair. Oh, yeah. Unstoppable. A dynamic duo. Yeah. No, uh, next time we do an episode, I will I will give you the details. She's, uh, she's mostly worked out. I need to tweak a stealth. Another preview. But, um, yeah. Bounty Gatherer. Are you going to drop the bounty part? Because that doesn't really make sense. Other than a funny joke. No, I'm not. <laughs> I right. tried to get you to name that ability Oops All Crows. Clearly going beyond the funny joke is not always my priority. Sure, sure. Oops All Crows is pretty good though. Um Alright. So I think that's it from us here at Bottle Crow. Um you can find us on uh iTunes where you could give us a rating or review, which would be really helpful for us. Also, if you want to tell a friend about us, it's really the only way we spread the word. Um Bottle Crow is a part of Scanline Media, which you can find at scanlinemedia.com. We do video games criticism, um, just me and some friends, basically. It's not for profit, it's just us trying to get stuff done. And if you want to help us do stuff not for profit, you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com scanlinemedia. That money goes to helping us buy new games and new equipment, and that's it. Um, and thanks so much for, uh, for checking us out, and uh, we'll 
see you guys in two weeks, I think. Oh, I'm sorry. I almost forgot. Our intro and outro music is courtesy of Reddit user Promoti, and it is his Harmonies of New Bloom music pack, which you can also buy in-game, and I recommend. Until next time, this is Colin Detmar, here with Emily. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Peace.